Diamond Club Baseball has produced elite athletes for 10 years now and is even trusted by your Colorado Rockies to run their scout team program. Diamond Club is based right here in Denver, and their goal is to treat player development just like it's a minor league organization so that your child can be set up for the ultimate success. Everyone works together to make sure that everyone's getting the proper instruction that they need to help youth athletes grow and to become great ball players yet enjoy the game. That's why I have my son playing with Diamond Club because it's it's a great way to really show them they're, they're learning baseball the right way. That was Sean. As he mentioned, his son plays on a Diamond Club team. They offer multiple summer camps, private lessons, high school teams, and youth competitive teams. Plus, their prices are more affordable than their competition. Diamond Club has very fair price. You know, when you kind of pay and know that all fees for the tournaments, fields, uniforms, and instruction are taken care of, as well as getting access to some of the things that other programs don't offer, like entire team instruction and fitness programs, you know, the whole package to really make sure that a ball player ends up a well-rounded youth athlete. Believe us when we tell you that after experiencing the knowledge, positive attitude, work ethic, and fun that their summer camps provide, your child will want to play on one of their teams. Check out diamondclubbaseball.net today to learn more. Welcome in to the BSN Broncos podcast presented by Elixinol. And don't take our word on Elixinol. Take former Broncos quarterback Jake Plummer's word on it. Plummer is a huge fan of Elixinol's hemp balm, a topical pain reliever that is just one of Elixinol's many great non-TAC products. Might even help you with allergies over there, Zach Stevens. <laughs> What's more, 5% of your purchase will go to a nonprofit of your choice when you visit Elixinol.com to get yours today. You all right? It's one of those pods, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's happy Friday. Oh, <laughs> uh, happy Friday indeed. And hey, us on a Friday is almost as good as us on a Saturday, I assume. Uh, draft pod is pretty far away from the draft. So uh, <laughs> we're, we're back to taking over Fridays. I know some of you will be happy about that. Maybe some of you are going to be sad about that. Uh, we will try and involve Andre and Henry in the pod, especially during the off-off season which comes in just about a week. Seven days. A week from today, we will be in the off-off season, which <laughs> is a dark, dark time. And like I told Ryan, this off-off season is more like a winter break this year instead of a summer break. It's not the, the three months off. It's like a two-week off period. Well, let's see. We're done on June 7th? Yep, that's the first day. We're done on June 7th. Not that we're counting. <laughs> and we're never coming to now. Uh, the Broncos are... We're not done. Right. We're no, never done. Of course done. not. We'll be here. Don't yeah. worry. The Broncos are done on June 7th. And training camp starts on July 15th? 18th. Oh. With John Elway's barbecue the 17th. Okay, so 17th. So we got a month and 10 days. Yep. Usually... That's yeah, not too bad. It's about a month and a half. Exactly. So it's it's not that different. But it defi- that, that week that we're not getting 
makes it feel a lot shorter. <laughs> it certainly, certainly does. And, of course, that's because the Broncos play in the Hall of Fame game, so training camp starts a week earlier. You're probably saying, boy, I remember training camp starting really the end of July, the beginning of August. That's how it typically is. Is it the Hall of Fame game that starts training camp early? Yep. Okay. Yeah, because it's a fifth preseason game. And it's one week earlier. And I think the way training camp works, actually, I'm pretty sure the way it works is you can begin training camp two weeks before your first preseason game. That's why not all teams will start on the same day, because some teams play their first preseason game on a Thursday. Some play it on a Saturday. And so the Broncos are not only a Thursday, but they're the week before the first week. Wow. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a long <laughs> training camp. You know, it's, it's not even going to be about the, uh, the break feeling short. That we're, that's what we're thinking about right now. Yeah. What's really going to happen is training camp is going to feel like it takes ages. Exactly. Although I love training. Like just thinking about training camp right now, I can smell the fresh cut grass mm-hmm. with a little bit of dew on it as we're doing the podcast out there. Yep. There's nothing. It's not a bad thing. Man, last year's pod was fun too. It, it was. Hopefully we don't have. Got to beat the buzzer. <laughs> speakers blaring in our ears this year. <laughs> I wonder how many like people listening right now are also listening then. <sighs> They probably think we're so lame because I kid you not, Ryan and I could not hear each other speak. And then when we listen back to the pods every day, it's like, you know, just some... Sounded like we had just laid a, a music bed underneath <laughs> <Exactly>. the podcast. <laughs> and we're like, we can't hear anything. It was it was funny. That was funny. Uh, but yesterday was a cool day and you guys got a little bit of a tease uh, right here on this podcast about... Three feet away from where I'm sitting right now, the great Peyton Manning stood, and we got a chance to talk to him. Um, it was cool. I mean, as laid back as I've ever seen Peyton Manning, you can clearly tell he's in a great place in his life. Uh, just chatting about the Broncos, about his life, his career, what he's up to. Uh, he said he's got a big game this weekend, the the Yankees versus the Smashers, <laughs> which is, uh, I believe, eight-year-old, maybe it's ten-year-old. Eight. Eight-year-old Marshalls uh, team, and then then they got flag football on Sunday. So, uh, you know, it's fun to hear him talk about you know being a, a volunteer assistant coach on these teams, and um, it's just it's so cool that Peyton is still around here. You know, all that stuff is happening here. Mm-hmm. And Ryan, I noticed you said the great Peyton Manning, not the cool Peyton Manning. I I, I saw what you're put, putting down. You know what? <laughs> He was pretty cool yesterday. Mm, because of the laid back? I don't know. I mean, he had like an uh, like a nice hat on. Um I bl- is is the Cherry Hills logo two cherries or three? I think it's two. He had three. Oh, maybe it is three then. I'm sure it's three. <laughs> We're going to have to look that up. He had, you know, the Cherry Hills um uh quarter zip on. Yep, that's that's it. And then he had uh, you know, some Nike's on like he was looking cool. He, you know, no tucked in shirts. Um, I have to give him credit. There we go. So Peyton, Ryan will invite you when when Peyton and I go get drinks. Because now I guess Peyton can be invited when you and I get drinks. Because now he's welcome. He's cool enough. He is cool enough. I can be seen around him. But Ryan, one thing, well, one thing that you said is he's here. And of course, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. And this isn't just taking a shot at Carrick's for. For, for saying that Peyton's not a Bronco. Damn, you called him out by name. <laughs> but it's it was so cool, what, regardless of whether we had that comment yesterday, which was just so fitting. So good job, Carrix, for just making this all happen. But Ryan, he said so many cool things about how connected he is with the Broncos, at least 
in his heart. You know, he wasn't saying he comes here every single day, but he believes he's a Bronco. Not only did he have an amazing quote, which I'll let you read in a second, but he said specifically, I go to every single Broncos game. You can't go to every single Broncos game at every single Colts game. Mm, exactly. It's impossible. Yep. Um, but how about this, Zach? He took it a step further. And I'm going to actually f- try and find the full quote here because it really spoke to what we were talking about yesterday. And I think it's funny uh, because he literally said it. He said the word that only someone who believes they are a part of something says. And he was at, he was talking about Vic Fangio. And I actually will read the whole, whole quote. Why the Broncos went with a defensive coach while everyone else was going offensive. Here's what Peyton said. I think Vic earned John's respect and impressed him in that interview. I'd say I'd say uh, he impressed him by being who he is. He probably wore that same gray sweatsuit that he has had out there at practice. I think he owns maybe a couple of ties and a couple of suits, and he's just like, get me into my coaching gear and my headset and a whistle and let's go. He hasn't changed one bit since 1999 in Indianapolis. I think that's what John saw. This guy's a football coach. And here's the word. We need to get back to playing solid, fundamental football around here. That's what wins games. That's kind of been the core of what the Denver Broncos have been about, and I think Vic will bring that to Denver. Not they. Not these guys. Not the Broncos. We. I guarantee you, Ryan, everyone listening has a smile on their face. When one of the greatest ever, who spent more time on a different team than with the Broncos, says we, that is just so freaking cool. Really cool. Uh, and and it, I think it just should just put an end to, to any debate, whether or not Peyton is a Bronco or a Colt. I had some people responding to that tweet being like, he's still a Colt to me. He's not even a Colt to himself. Exactly. To you, fine, whatever. But I'll take Peyton on what he believes he is. Other stuff from Peyton, and I touched on it a little bit there. This guy respects the heck out of Vic Fangio. Um, In the same way that he says about Vic Fangio, he doesn't just roll out compliments. Peyton, as a player, would always defend his teammates, for the most part, in the media. But you can tell there's a different level. Like when he talks about Belichick, when he talks about Brady, when he talks about some of these greats, you hear him take it up a notch. And when talking about Vic Fangio, he used a word that I think means a lot to him. A grinder. Mm. He said he certainly paid his dues. He is all football. He's a grinder, and I think he'll do a great job. Not a surprise. No, not, and we know he's a grinder. But Peyton worked with him for two years in mm. Indianapolis. Peyton is the definition of a grinder. Exactly. There are certain things that earn Peyton's respect. There's real. There's a lot of ways to lose his respect. But you earn his respect by working as hard as he does. And that is not easy to do. But I believe that during those two years in Indianapolis, Peyton probably saw that Vic works as hard as he does. And that's what caused him to earn his respect. And like I said, I've heard Peyton talk about a lot of people. I know his tones and when he's BSing and when he's not. He was telling the truth about his respect for Vic Fangio. Exactly. And another thing that I loved what Peyton said about Vic was he hasn't changed one bit. And Ryan, 
these two were last together, what, 1999, 2000, 2001? Almost 20 years ago. How everyone changes in that time. And you know what you don't like to see is a coach get uh, a promotion or really anyone get a promotion and change who they are. You're not hired to be someone new, are you? No, you're hired to be the guy that you are. And he even pointed to the gray sweatsuit, the way he acts, and the way he grinds as well. That, to me, is huge. Because, of course, the, the Broncos players are going to be singing the praises of Vic Fangio right now. It'd be mind-blowing if one of them was like, yeah, not really a good guy. Don't really like him. He's not sending a good message. So you're never going to hear that. But when you hear from Peyton Manning, that this guy's the same guy that he's been the past 20 years, that makes you feel like, okay, this, this is going in the right direction. I don't think Vic Fangio could be someone else if he tried. <laughs> like, he's so locked in on him, and he's just so unequivocally Vic Fangio that I just don't think – I don't think he knows how to be someone else. Um, and, and I think that's what – I think Peyton is right. That's what won John Elway over. Like, he looks – Vic Fangio in the eyes and can say, I know exactly who this guy is and I know exactly what I'm going to get from him. And I know exactly how he's going to be with me. And that's honest. And I think that's huge. I think it's huge for John Elway to have that respect. Peyton Manning has that respect. It's fair to assume that John Elway has a similar respect for Vic Fangio and that just being yourself, like it's so easy to weed out the fakes and just in life. And I think a football locker room can weed out the fakes even faster. And that's not going to happen with this head coach. No, it's certainly not. And Ryan, with Peyton, he was, of course, asked about – he pops up in the news every time there's an opening for a TV gig, for a GM gig, uh, for a special assistant to the Colts owner, uh, now with the Jets. So he was asked about all these opportunities, specifically this year. And what it boiled down to was with the Jets, he – uh, has talked to Adam Gase, but not about that opportunity. No one's reached out to him specifically about that opportunity. And with Monday Night Football, he said uh, that the timing wasn't right. Not this year. And he, he says, also said it might never be. Exactly. What's he waiting for? What is he waiting for? Is there? Uh, does he have his mind and eyes set on something? I don't know, man. This dude is not retired. Like, he's retired from playing football. He's not out there on Sundays, but he's essentially on a private jet every other day. I wouldn't going be surprised. somewhere, doing something. I wouldn't be surprised if he had his own secretary to plan his life. He should. Um, and I'm not going to say what I was about to say. But he has so many different things going on. I think he enjoys it. He's playing, he's playing golf with Tiger Woods two days ago. He's here at OTAs, you know, talking to us on Thursday. Friday, who knows where in the world he might be. He could be at the finals tomorrow. It's just like, does he, I don't know, look at Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson realized, man, I have a lot more fun being Magic Johnson than I do being the president of the Lakers. I wouldn't be surprised to see Peyton say, I like being Peyton Manning. I like going and playing in charity golf tournaments and bouncing around. You know, he could walk into the Colts today and no, one, no one's going to stop him. He's got a he's got a statue. So he can walk into any NFL right. building. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. Um, he's doing a quick. He's doing a really cool thing for NFL Network right now, or maybe it's just the NFL as a whole, where he's going around to different places and interviewing people. Like Peyton's life is awesome right now. 
he's a legend, and in that series, what he gets to do is just go around and talk to other NFL legends. Like, John Elway is probably the most famous person now that is in a high role with the team. Without a doubt. Uh, And Magic might have been the only person who competed with him. And a lot of people don't like the way that John Elway approaches it because he does go around and, and, and do stuff. Now, not nearly as much as he would, but... You know, he's in L.A. And, and doing stuff out there, and he's bouncing around, you know, as much as he possibly can. He's playing golf. If you're an owner, which is what I think Peyton's most likely to do, you're still pretty locked down. Like, you can go out and do stuff for sure, but you have an office. Peyton doesn't have an office right now. And so I think Magic Johnson was a cautionary tale for these guys. Make sure that you're done doing your thing. You know, once you get tired of the private jets uh, every other day and the, you know, trips to wherever to play golf, like once you get tired of that, then maybe consider it. But be careful because you are all of a sudden taking on a full-time job. He's staying too connected to the NFL in my eyes for him to not get back at some point. And once he gets tired of that, not only, I mean, come on, how luxurious is it to get tired of traveling the country on private jets, getting to do whatever you want, but once you get tired of that and you want to get back into it, how does it sound to have the pick of your job? He can be the quarterback coach of Andrew Luck in Indianapolis in a heartbeat. Come on, I don't care who the quarterback coach is. He's gone. He could be a head coach wherever he wanted. He could be a general manager wherever he wanted, maybe not New England, but I'm sure New England would even carve out a role. He could probably be an owner wherever there's an opportunity. And now it's he the one that he can't really choose. Exactly. It's, it's waiting for the right time. And uh, can you look around the league and say, this team's going to be available soon. This team's going to be, and, and go around and mention a ton of teams. No, can't mention one though. You certainly can. At least there's going to be, Maybe not an opportunity, but the Broncos are going to be very interesting in the next couple of years. And yeah, Peyton doesn't have, what, $3 billion that it would take to buy the team right now? But come on. I don't think you could find one business owner or one venture group that wouldn't want Peyton to give some money, but also be the figurehead for that. Spitballing here. Let's just say that one Brittany Bullen is named the owner of the Denver Broncos. Would it not behoove her to include Peyton Manning in some way? Of course. Now, I don't know exactly what the legal setup is with that. And in fact, there was a lawsuit not, I mean, I I shouldn't say not too long ago, but in the early 2000s, I believe, towards Pat Bullen by the former owner of the team for trying to include John Elway. And John Elway didn't even take the deal, which he'll <laughs> kick himself about forever unless he is part of this you know, ownership group that gets them now. Even then, it's rough deal. Still like hundreds of millions of dollars passed up. Yeah. Um, but I forget the name of the old guy. I want to say his first name's Edgar. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Very Edgar move of him, too. Yeah, he, told a, <laughs> he pulled a total Edgar by... Uh, suing Pat Bolin for that because it went against some sort of agreement 
that they had in their contract. So who knows whether or not Edgar can come in and <laughs> tell Brittany Bullen not to involve Peyton Manning. But but remember also, you know, John Elway's here. So it's not – you can't make him the president. I mean, I guess you, you could trade him out, which would be a, 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 a explosive move. But maybe you could say, hey, I'm getting this ownership. I want to give you a stake. Obviously, you're going to buy it. Um, and you're going to be the acting owner. Do you have to choose? Yeah, you can't have them both. Could you imagine – a group that's owned by John Elway and Peyton Manning. And every time the owner would typically talk, it's both of them up there. Oh, my gosh. that You and I would be set forever. Uh, have you ever heard of a beta fish? <laughs> yep. Both of those guys are beta fish. They, they eat need each to, other. <laughs> they need to be in their own, in their own bowl. And that's, that's why you'd have to choose. And that's why. Or else they'd eat each other. Yep. <laughs> but here's the thing. Let's say this does come to a point where there is an idea that the team is going to be up for sale. If John Elway wants in, he's got to get out first. Mm-hmm. And so then it would actually be a possibility where maybe it's not Brittany and Peyton, which sounds like some sort of power couple, but <laughs> it's Peyton, you know, and that would just be great. I mean, the Game of Thrones-esque saga that would go down if the Broncos were suddenly up for sale is insane. I personally hope it goes to Brittany, to be honest. Uh, I think I'm in the minority there, but I actually really believe in Brittany Bullen and think that it is for the better to have someone in that chair who is constantly thinking about Pat Bullen and his legacy. How do you replace an all-time great player? And let's just look at the quarterback position. How difficult is it when John Elway retired? It, I mean, come on. That was, what, 0.01% that you were going to be able to replace him and have everyone be happy and have things continue on the path it was? Uh, when Tom Brady retires, how difficult? What? It took, it took the Broncos 14 years? To replace John Elway? Yep. Yeah. And, and and it was with Peyton Manning? Exactly. How difficult was it going to be for John Elway to replace Tim Tebow? and have Not, not in John's eyes, but in the fans' eyes, the organization. It, how difficult was that going to be? Easy. In terms of the fans' eyes. Oh, in the fans. Yeah, sorry. Right. I thought for, you said for in John, John Elway. There, no, in terms John of the fans' easy. eyes, it was going to be difficult. There was one guy to do that, and that was Peyton Manning. Yep. And uh, everyone... Unless you're crazy. Everyone got behind that. It would be the same thing here, Ryan. If if John Elway is no longer a part of this organization, it's going to feel so empty. Even if the Broncos are in great hands, Vic's taking control, the Broncos playoffs every single year. But it's going to feel empty when we're talking to, no disrespect, but when we're talking to Matt Russell at the end of the year, or the beginning of training camp, the only guy that could fill that is Peyton. How crazy would that be going from John to Peyton and whatever role that would be? It would be crazy. Um, man. Speaking of cautionary tales, I mentioned Magic Johnson is John Elway a cautionary tale for a guy like Peyton Manning. It depends what, what part of John do you want to look at? You want to look at the past three years. It doesn't matter because John got the Broncos to the fricking mountaintop. 
They won the Super Bowl. They went to two Super Bowls under him. And I don't even know what the number is. I'll just say half of this town is acting like he took an axe and cut off the legs of the Broncos. Mm -hmm. It's wild. You can't – I don't want to say you can't win, but literally even if you win, all it takes is three bad seasons to suddenly undo it all. And, And I think it's insane. I truly believe it is insane the way that people act over three losing seasons. Remember, we just talked about how difficult it is to replace an all-time great. They're still in that window. It took 14 years to replace John Elway. It is not easy to come back from losing Peyton Manning, and yet everyone just sees, well, they started Trevor Simeon. Well, you know, they they missed on Paxton Lynch. Well, they, they had a bad hire in Vance Joseph. Go through every GM in the league that's held a job for eight years and try to find me not one bad coaching hire, not one bad draft pick in the first round, et cetera, et cetera. Like, it's just wild how quickly you can fall. And I think that has to be a cautionary tale for Peyton Manning when it comes to getting back into the NFL. You either die a hero or you live, live long enough to see yourself turn into a villain. I think I got that pretty right, right? It's pretty close. <laughs> pretty close. And how do you die a hero in sports? You do what both John and Peyton <laughs> yeah. did. You retire after you win a Super Bowl. In John's case, too. How else can you? Now, as a general manager, it's the same thing. If you win a Super Bowl, retire. You walk out on top. We'll see if John can do that. Maybe you can make the case that you draft a quarterback for the future. You know, the Colts draft Andrew Luck, and then that general manager retires. The organization's in good hands. Uh, Drew Luck turns in, turns in to be the truth. Then John feels like he's leaving him in good hands. But... That would be, what, 95% of the way there of Hero? you got to win the Super Bowl. And then how difficult? I mean, John's done it before, so maybe he can do it again. But how difficult is it when you're a general manager, so you're not dealing with the aches and pains and having to come back when you're 38, 39 years old to get hit by 300-pound guys? You're the general manager. You don't have that. You can play golf. You can get on your private jet on a Thursday during the fall and take off. How difficult is that to walk away after you win a Super Bowl? I mean, you're right. What, there's 1% chance that you can improve your legacy or at least in the moment improve it? It is so hard for a legend to live up to being a legend in a completely different stratosphere. Yeah, and, and John already did it. Like, that's what's crazy. It's not like he's chasing something. Now, I wonder if there's any part of him that thought about walking away when Peyton did. But I bet you there's a piece of him that said, I want two, just like I did as a player. And also, I want one that is homegrown by me. It's Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, right? And look at those two guys. That's the, those are the next two guys I was going to point at. They've had like 50 chances to go out on top. <laughs> and they keep going back for more. Now, for me, I think it would be easy, to be honest. I think if money is not an obstacle, which obviously it is for none of these guys... I think it'd be really easy to go out on top. You win. No one can ever say anything about you again. You drop the mic. You take your check. And you go to the beach with an umbrella in your drink. If only John or Peyton liked golf as much as you. I think they both do. <laughs> they do, of course. <laughs> I mean, I just ha- I would have no problem taking my Lombardi trophy, throwing it in the back of the golf cart, <laughs> and playing 36 every day. Wherever you want, too, by the way. Right. Like, oh, I'm... I'm bored of playing in Hawaii. Cool. I'll just go to Dubai and play there. Oh, I'm bored of here. Okay. I'll come back and play Pebble beach one day. And you know, it's like, 
how is that hard? I, and I'm, a, I'm competitive. But to me, the ultimate win is going out on top. Yep. That's why I'd have no problem doing it. Because once you do that, no one can ever say anything about you again. Don't you live life with a constant smile after that? Exactly. <laughs> it's like you're playing your buddy in ping pong. And if you beat them in, in the first game and they're like, let's go, let's run it back. And you're like, ah, oh, no, I'm good. <laughs> and then how furious are they? Because right. they want to get back. They don't exactly. want to end on that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, why give them the opportunity to tie it up? Because then you got to beat them again yep. to get the, the lead back. Yep. I think it's so easy for me, especially after a long career, to just say, I'm, I'm good. But clearly for these guys, and, and John always a perfect example, he did that. And he was gone for a long time but i think it starts with the colorado crush like he he wanted so, he wanted control over mm-hmm. wins and losses once mm-hmm. again like just beating his buddies out on the golf course and taking their money wasn't good enough he needed to be able to like look down there and say like i had a hand in that win in football and then it obviously translated to the broncos and even then when he got to the mountaintop again he wanted more like he has an addiction to not just winning things, it's winning football games. What's better than beating your buddies on the golf course and taking their money? Maybe owning the Colorado Crush, a, a, you know, a small sports business. What's better than that? Maybe owning every car dealership in Colorado. What's better than that? Controlling the Denver Broncos and helping them get to a Super Bowl, then helping them win the Super Bowl. What's, what's better than that and not getting into politics is really the biggest thing you can do is owning the billion-dollar Broncos and guiding them to a championship. To me, it's clear what the next step is. And becoming the first person ever Mm. to win one on the field, as the general manager, and then as the owner. And then you become God. (laughs) I mean, you become the most successful football Person ever. person ever yeah i don't know what the the word is and not just football person you become the most successful sports american sports person ever the only because one to do it at is, every level and because football's king Whew. and again you know not becoming president of the united states keeping the politics aside there's n- nothing else he can do nothing else he could do then because it's not like he's gonna go run ge or something this would be it you run je yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, y- you make a really great point. That it has to be the idea. If you're trying to go to a new level and not just ride off into the sunset and call it a day, that's the only way- place you can go. And I'll be curious to see if number eighteen is trying to block that path. Wouldn't it be crazy if it went to a vote? Like it was, it was who? a public vote. Oh, who gets to own the Broncos? Peyton Manning's group or John Elway's group? Ooh, that'd be something else. Hey, they pay for the stadium. I the think public yeah. pays for some of the stadium. Who would win? What do the Broncos end at in John Elway's tenure as GM? I think that's that's your answer. Let's just say it happens tomorrow. Peyton, the <sighs> unknown, the unknown. I think would take over. I think that the people who are against John Elway are a vocal minority. Mm. And I think John Elway would, would end up winning. If they go out on a Super Bowl with John as GM, it's, there's no question. Right, for sure. All right, uh, let's go out on a high note of this segment. And when we come back on the other side, we will get to your questions from yesterday's podcast. 
What's up guys, Ryan Konigsberg here, and I gotta tell you about the Blake Street Tavern. It's my favorite sports bar in town, as evidenced by the fact that we had our fantasy draft there. It's where I watched Super Bowl 48. It's where I watched CU win a Pac-12 basketball championship back in the day. Uh, it's the place to be for any sporting event. It's the biggest bar in town. I always joke you could land a 747 in there. It was named the National Sports Bar of the Year in 2017 by Nightclub and Bar Magazine. It wins Best Sports Bar in Denver seemingly every year from Westward. Anyone else that's voting, it's the place to be. Uh, they've got great specials, and the food is out of this world. I recommend the nachos, the green chili fries, uh, the buffalo chicken wrap. You name it, they've got it. And the location is perfect. Just two blocks north of Coors Field, and they have parking. So go check out the Blake Street Tavern. Going along on the podcast that never goes out on top. We always come back for more. And no, I'm done, Ryan. Oh, okay. I'm done. We went out on top, buddy. <laughs> Great segment. See ya. Um, let's get to the questions. But before we do that, let's actually get to the question of the week presented by Sports Column. Zach, we finally have good weather. It is a perfect day outside. The Rockies are at home. It's a Friday night. Go to Sports Column. Go to Sports Column. And Ryan, every time you say the weather's good, I say, ah, just don't look to next week's weather but today good news look to next week's weather go to sports column today go tomorrow go next week we're in the 70s and 80s baby i apologize in advance if i get the hours wrong but i know that one hour is part of this i believe it is from 9 to 10 p.m tonight this is the most ridiculous deal of all time one dollar you call it one dollar you call it at sports column so double check with them it's either 9 to 10 or 10 to 11 I want to say it's 9 to 10. Get out of the Rockies game if you have to and go down there and drink a lot. You can't you can't you can't do that cheaper at your house. You can literally get drunk for $6. <laughs> yeah, 6 is pretty good. Uh, for me, I, I, <laughs> for me it's probably going to take 6 to get on the on the wagon. You give me a $5 bill and I'm good. All right, all right. So head down to Sports Column tonight and take advantage of that. It is the best deal ever. So the question week presented by Sports Column, how do you feel about the Broncos giving Chris Harris Jr. a pay raise for 2019? Ron Patton comes in and says, confused but happy. I wish they would have signed him to a long-term contract. That's probably a good one to start, a very general uh, point thrown out there that I don't think many people can disagree with. Confused but happy is just generally how I live my life. <laughs> It's like that today. What are we doing doing a podcast on Friday? But we're happy about it. Confused but happy. <laughs> Christian Conway, they're setting precedent for future free agents and players that we take care of those who are great in the community and on the field. I understand the move. Wow, I was actually thought he was going a different route. I thought so, too. Talking about precedent. Um, th- I think that's the hope, though. Yeah. Is, is a, it, I think it was a $3 million PR move. What in the past – with Von Miller's negotiations, with other negotiations where they've got contentious and everyone says, "Uh uh-oh, John, players are not going to want to sign here because of that. You know what? If you're winning, players sign. If you give them the money, players sign. If you have a good quarterback, players sign. (laughs) Exactly. Gary DeVolt chimes in. Three clap emojis. Three claps. All right, from Ryan San Martin. Excited to see him out on the field with the defense and hopeful they work towards an extension. Would be great if our young DBs took a step forward as well. Michael Sachs says, yes. Nice. (laughs) Way to get the capital S's and the lowercase S's in there. Uh, 
Uh, from Nick Geyer. I like that we have Chris, but didn't we already have him? It's so weird to me how NFL contracts go. Every year there's like 20 dudes who are unhappy about their contract and demand a new one. That seems weird to me. Um, I wish I could remember who tweeted it, but they said it's like um, buying a car and then renting it from yourself. <laughs> That's true. It's true. You've already you already got the money in it. Right. You've got the car and then you're like, oh, I'll, I'll rent this car to you for 100 bucks a month. <laughs> K. Pang says, I feel it's worth it. Couldn't imagine him not on the team this year. He makes the defense even better. We can only hope they get something longer in the offseason. Let me ask you this. And and we can't we were on the side of Chris wasn't gonna hold out. But do you think the Steelers last year would have paid three million dollars, not even to get Le'Veon Bell, but just, just make the saga go away? Yes. Was that with a capital S? Um I think so too. I mean, with in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. It literally, I'm not even saying to have the player. I'm saying if they could just go and erase Le'Veon Bell from everyone's minds for three million dollars, which you might be able to do that for three million dollars. Who knows what kind of technology is out there? Mike Tomlin would have paid that out of his own pocket. I'm sure. Exactly. They their franchise fell apart because of that. Like almost literally, they lost. They ended up losing their two best players. That's a really good point. They would make it go away. So. Can you imagine every single week we're standing at Emmanuel Sanders' locker or Von Miller out at the podium or we're talking to Philip Lindsay or whoever it is and we're saying, like, do you think Chris is going to come back this week? Do you think Chris is going to come back this week? Have you heard anything from Chris? What's the latest with Chris? That's like, that is worth $3 million to not have to deal with that, even for me. It's a really good how – sick, how sick of you were talking of, – of, were you about talking about it? We could have been talking about it until week nine. Yep. Like Le'Veon Bell, that's when everyone thought. And then what happened? Nope. Week 10, week 11, next offseason bring comes up again. Then there's stories like Elijah Wilkinson says, if he doesn't want to be here, we don't want him. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, my God, you're, how far can this thing go? You're starting left tackle, Elijah Wilkinson? Oh, my God. oh okay. Michael Pexa says, fantastic. I know it's unprecedented, but it's CHJ. If someone else asks for a similar pay raise, tell them to show CHJ-like stats in production. Our secondary is now elite. So Mike is saying that this is the way to combat the precedence of other players coming and asking for raises. Is saying, look, you got to be the dude in order to get this. Perfect in the community, family man, great on the field. Great on BSM podcast. Exactly. Uh, and here's the other precedent argument from David Freeze. He says, this sets a dangerous precedent. He deserves it, but man, you got to give him an extension just to justify the pay raise. Maybe they'll get an extension worked out this season and we'll all be happy. Good. Good. And Gunner Kane, uh, on the other side of that, kind of says, I can't imagine any negatives coming from it. I'm all for it. I'd hate to see CHJ in anything other than orange and blue, so I'm happy and glad they got a deal done. From Wolf Drunk, and you can get Wolf Drunk at Sports Column tonight. <laughs> he says, love it. He took a discount to help the team win. Now he's getting some of what he's owed. The value is provided the, he's provided to the franchise is unmatched. Mm, Timothy Pierce says, I feel like Elway and Chris talked to each other and just decided, let's pay him what he's worth and then shook hands on making an extension happen after this year. If they didn't do that, I'm ticked we, we didn't pay out for at least a three-year deal. Prepare yourself. Yeah, verbal agreements don't really happen in sports. Ryan Clayman says, great news. Hope this will lead to Chris staying with the Broncos next year. 
I think that's like what people are telling themselves to get through this. We're certainly not telling you that. I'm sorry. From John Matias, from a game theory framework, if we acknowledge contract negotiations as the repeated game they are, the Chris Harris Jr. move makes it more likely to get hometown discounts in the future. Even if the deal wasn't a discount in reality, it's framed that way in retrospect and with hindsight. And Michael Gallegos responds to that and says, calm down, nerd. <laughs> That's not very nice. That's not this community. Seriously, what are you doing? Eamon Badwin, I believe the last one here, says, a great leader, a top five talent in his position, a hard grinder. Glad we found a middle ground with him because this secondary just officially became a scary thought for all offensive coordinators. Three, four defensive backs that will, or three to four defensive backs that will be lethal. We should call them the mile high wing. No, we shouldn't. <laughs> Love you, but um, we can come. We can do better than that. We can do better than that. I mean, I wonder. The no-fly zone, I think, was directly connected with press man coverage. You know, like it is them. I think this defense, you'll realize, is more of a unit. We're gonna need a name for the whole unit. Mm, I like that. All right, let's move on to the questions from the podcast. Zach, do you have the first one there? First one coming in from Free Lindsay says, "My first jersey was an Elvis Doomerville." It's weird that you got that jersey. It was right on your back, and you still can't spell Doomerville, right? <laughs> well, it's just, on his back. He doesn't look at it. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I'm just giving you crap. And not a lot of other people had that, at least have it now. So maybe he's lost sight of it. Is Doomerville a cool one? I think so. It, it brings up a few interesting stories. Definitely. I'm just, I wonder where you draw the line on what's still cool and what looks like, man, you, you haven't invested in a jersey and since then, you know? Right, right, exactly. He says, it was the first jersey I threw away in anger at him, but I was also 13 and too young to understand that mess. I feel like he is an underappreciated Bronco, and my question is, who do you guys feel never gets the recognition they deserve? Chris Harris Jr., <laughs> yeah, Chris is definitely in that boat. It doesn't happen around here on this podcast, even in the media in Denver, but globally, or at least nationwide, he doesn't get quite the respect he deserves. Is there another guy that we're – you know who who really didn't? It was Shaq Barrett. Yep. Uh, people will learn that this year in Tampa. Yep. Um, Wait, do you say something nice about a non-Bronco that's a CSU Ram? Oh, give me a break. <laughs> I say that all the time. Someone last night – there's a discussion on Twitter. Who was the player that you thought was going to be good that didn't work out? And like multiple people said Ty Sambrilo, and I'm like, what? You guys didn't know that that was a reach, a, it, a, a really bad one. It, it was a reach by everyone, right? I was. I mean, obviously, I was a little biased against it, and I was a lot younger then. But from the start, I was like, eh, are you guys? Do you know what you're doing here? Because <laughs> I don't think you do. <sighs> Who else? Is there anyone else on the Broncos now that doesn't get the credit? They I, I heard some. Will Parks? Nationally? I don't even think people know who he yet. is nationally. Exactly. Yeah, I think so. Especially for what he can be this season. Because he was, he, was, he was very solid last year. He was, he was good. Shelby Harris? Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, he was the second highest ranked PFF defensive lineman last year behind only Chris Jones, who had like uh, 47 sacks. Good company. So, people don't even, again, people don't even know who he is. 47, that seems like a lot. <laughs> I think it was, what was it, 18 and a half. Whoo. I think that's what he had. Maybe Chris Jones is underrated. I didn't know he had that. I think Chris Jones is underrated, <laughs> too. 
Um, I think there's a lot of players. Football's a weird one where every team has really good players who don't get the recognition because they're not making interceptions or highlight plays on SportsCenter. Or being Antonio Brown, just going off the deep end. And that's good unless you like really, 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 really go off the deep end because Antonio's you know, really, really, really gone off the deep end and it's been great for his brand. Generally speaking, yes. Um, and he's still got all the money he wanted. Exactly. All right, next one here is from Lone Star Bronco. He says, hey, guys, so Peyton Manning was in the building. Did Ryan tell him how uncool he thinks he is? <laughs> Don't worry, Ryan. The, my, my, my shot at that earlier was the last one I'll have. Thank you. Um, he says, I refuse to eat that Vietnamese. Wait, <laughs> was it? You, what? Is it Vietnamese? I think so. Okay. Yeah. So I refuse to eat that Vietnamese dish because it's pronounced stupidly. <laughs> I didn't even pronounce it there because I don't want to say it. I know. If you said it one way, I was just going to say it the other way. Is there an, is there an alternate term for it? P-H-O? <laughs> That's better. <laughs> Can we call it like uh, rice noodle <laughs> hot water dish? 96. What's that? You just have to add a number on the end of it. Oh, yeah. like all of the restaurants. Exactly. Um, he says, my first game was also the season opener against the Chargers two years ago. Shelby Harris saved the day, and Trevor Simeon broke Joey Bosa's angles for a touchdown run. Wow. Where did those days go? I don't know. All I remember is like an 830 start. Mm. And you, you and me got out of there at like 5 in the morning. <laughs> Only to drive pretty much straight to Broncos headquarters. Yeah, when we got the email that said it was going to be – didn't they say 8 a.m. or something? I think so. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> says i found bsn when i started looking for any and every denver broncos any and every denver broncos podcast i could find and it's been my favorite by far we appreciate that that's too cool he says p money is definitely a bronco keep up the great work no question about it and thank you oh wow ryan it's your boy <sighs> kai olsen chiming in it's like a bullet point essay here he says okay so i gotta lay down some facts on this whole hot water theory wow going all this in on hot water he says i didn't expect to find myself reading a paper titled water induced thermogenesis in the journal of clinical endocrinology and metabolism published by oxford university but if you get to the end i promise it ties back to the broncos all right gonna speed this speed through this he says what hot water does not help burn fat however drinking cold water has been scientifically proven emphasis on the science part to boost your metabolism the water induced energy expenditure was more than double doubled in subjects when water was cooled 15 degrees celsius okay a lot more math or science there and let's see what i mean some really good info if you guys want to go look he says People are likely to drink enough water if it's cold. Finally, cold water improves levels of uh, testosterone and estrogen, which have certain benefits. He says, okay, I think this is the Broncos part. Chinese medicine has a lot to offer, and it's very impressive how some of these theories developed centuries before modern medicine have shown to either directly or indirectly offer the benefits they claim. However, I'd compare choosing hot water over cold water to choosing Tim Tebow over Peyton Manning. Superstition and old school tactics can be fun, but I'll put my trust in the option that, like Peyton, underwent extensive study and whose effectiveness can actually be explained. Mic drop. Good to know. I guess that puts the end to the hot water versus cold water debate. I'm glad we can move on to something new. 
And aren't you proud of me? I got through that whole title, I think, seamlessly. Uh, you said endocrinology. Not, I believe that was endocrinology. We don't have to go back to that. Just saying. <laughs> From Nick Geyer, 813, I don't have an NFL jersey, and the only hockey jersey I have is the home alternate for Duchesne. Gonna have to put that one away. But I do really want to get a Lindsay jersey because he was the first dude I considered my favorite player. I've only been watching football for about two years. I started getting into it, honestly, when I found this podcast after being a fan of the BSN Avs pod and all the work AJ does. But, you know, but now I love basketball and football almost as much as hockey. Thanks for the company, everyone. That's really, really, really cool. That is, that is way cool. And, Nick, we're so happy to have you rolling with us as well as the Avs. All right, I'll take this one because it's another long one. I don't want to make you do it. <laughs> Mark from Broncos Europe. He says, hey, guys, one of your friends from across the pod at Broncos Europe here. Longtime BSN fan, but first time commenter. So here we go. First of all, welcome. He says, I got into the Broncos when I worked at a summer camp in California. I was staying with a friend when the Broncos Raiders game was on in 2013. The friend's mom was a Raiders fan and the friend's dad was a Broncos fan. The mom said, if I wanted to eat tonight, I have to support the Raiders. And the dad said, if I wanted to stay under their roof, it had to be the Broncos. (laughs) As someone who didn't have anywhere else to say until my flight home, I chose the Broncos and have been supporting ever since from over the pond in the UK, which means uh, staying up ridiculously late to watch us get stuffed recently. (laughs) That's awesome, Mark. He basically went on a hunger strike in support of the Broncos. What would you choose? Um, I would definitely choose the roof. Yeah, got to. Just order like DoorDash. (laughs) Uh, He says, my first jersey was a Demarius Thomas 88 orange. But I've since got a 10 Sanders and 58 Miller. My Miller jersey was signed and framed on my wall at home. My Sanders one is also signed after I got to meet him at the NFL UK live tour. Mm. It was such a cool experience, and he couldn't have been happier to see a Bronco in the crowd with his jersey on. All the way over in the UK. Cool, eh? Good timing. Yeah, great. Anyway, here's my question after all the preamble. With all this talk about the no-neck guy, George Aston, is there any chance he replaces my favorite player on the roster, Janovich, this season? I love me some Jano. Keep up the good work and just make sure you know you've got friends over here in the UK when you come over on your world tour. Mark from Broncos Europe. Love, love to hear it, Mark. I think I have good news for you. I think Jano's safe for this year. Definitely safe for, eh, <laughs> most likely safe for one more year. Exactly. That, that's how I feel. That, what, 90% safe? Probably. Yeah. And here's the thing about George Aston. They were doing a drill last week, and, and it's totally past my mind. I told you on Tuesday, I said, oh, my gosh, I have to tell this story. So they're doing this drill where one guy's holding a football, and it has, what is it, elast- or elastic rubber, ba- rubber band. bands. And there's a, a player, what, five yards back that's holding the other side of this, and the elastic band is wrapped around the football. If you've ever seen uh, Ralphie run for the buffs, there's always one uh, Ralphie runner who stands in the back with a rope just trying to slow her down so right. she can't outrun everyone. And that's exactly what this drill is. Is It's for ball security. And the guy who's holding the football runs forward, and it's just about holding on to the ball as you're running forward with a lot of resistance. Well, guess what George Aston did? Well, he was holding the football. Devontae Booker was five yards back holding on to the thing. He went so hard. The rubber just snapped. Oh, my God. In all of our years, can't say I've ever seen that. Nope. And it wasn't his neck that did it either. That's the incredible part. He's got a powerful base, apparently, too. I I shouldn't say it wasn't his traps, since there is no neck. Yes, you're right. Uh, The next one is from Philip, whose last name I'm not going to say, because apparently it's one of those 
names that is like um I can't even remember like it's supposed to be a joke. McLovin. Kind of like that. But it's more like once you say it quickly, it sounds like something else. Ah, yes, the whole name. I yeah, see what you So yep, anyways, yep. we got called on that. Last time he commented, we just skimmed right over it. Someone tweeted like, oh, my God, you would notice. <laughs> so anyways, his name's Philip. He says, it almost seems like Swag Kelly and Jameis Winston are having a race to see who can screw up the most. would rather not have someone like that on my organization anyways. Yeah, and, and Jameis has that first round top of the draft bias going his way exactly on to jersey talk my first was a jake Plummer. still feel he kind of got the shaft after winning so much he definitely mm. got the shaft oh of course lastly the part about cosplay made me laugh out loud <laughs> so hard one of the funnier parts of the pod i can remember as always love the content keep up the great work yeah cosplay and something else <laughs> <laughs> all right uh let's take a break here when we come back we'll finish up the rest of your questions on the BSN Broncos podcast. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger maybe a remodel and so we certainly have preferred people to piper and piper to them from residential commercial and industrial piper electric can handle all of your electrical needs They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. Wrapping things up for the week here on the BSN Broncos podcast. Thanks for all of your participation throughout the week. You guys are what make this podcast special. You're what drive the weird conversations that we have and what makes this more than just a couple of guys rolling off facts about the Broncos. So since we are starting this third segment, you're telling me we didn't end on a, on a high note in the second? No, nope, but we might go out on top on this one. We'll see how we finish. Is that how we decide if we get a weekend or not? Yes, exactly. If we <laughs> if we don't uh, go out on top on this segment, then we have to come back and do another one. All right, tomorrow. let's go, baby. Let's go. <laughs> From DJC15, hey, guys, hope you're having a great week so far. If you had to choose one word to describe the offense and defense each, what would it be and why? Zach, go. Offense, question. Defense, exciting. Offense, variable Mm. it's not going to be ugly and boring even though people think that this is like the gary kubiak offense i've already seen things that tell me it's not going to be that simple that was a lot more than one word no it started with one word (laughs) one word period enter enter new new paragraph oh and then you gave the definition of variable sure (laughs) uh for defense i would say variable Mm, (laughs) that's actually a good one it is not going to be something that you can just know what's going to happen and that's what makes it special 
and every guy that's back there has to be versatile, which would would have been another good word here. We should play the one word game more often. I like this. I do. Um, it's not going to be just the same thing every time, which was so, I mean, you can only do it for so long. They tried to do it for five years in a row, four years in a row. Yep. Now the quarterback is going to have no idea what he's seeing. Funny thing about Vic Fangio. So going back to last year, I had a conversation with a defensive coordinator in the NFL about how to stop Peyton Manning. Just like what was their approach when they went up against Peyton Manning? Well, as we know, Vic Fangio tries to mix it up. And against almost every quarterback, that really works. Against Peyton Manning, it didn't. Uh, Vic beat him in his rookie year, his first ever game against the Vic Fangio defense. And then Peyton went 15-0 and against him during the rest of his career. Peyton Manning's just about the only person that that strategy doesn't really work against. It's incredible. I talked to another defensive coordinator who had a really uh, successful game against Peyton. He said they kept him under 20 points. And he said... We tried to make him think we were mixing it up and then just went with the same thing every time. And that's how they got Peyton into trouble, which is really interesting. Uh, And and that probably wouldn't have worked again if they tried it again. But in a one-off scenario, he's like, we tried to, like, you know, um, act like we're sending a blitz here and act like uh, the safety was coming up, knowing all the whole time that we were going to put him back. And they kept him guessing i guess when he was really looking at the same thing if we played this one word game with players defensive players i think the most common word would be confusing i think you're right too i thought you were saying like player by player and i'm like i guess Derek wolf is kind of (laughs) confused uh burrito chad hey guys during his press conference todd davis talked about being coached by reggie herring I get that Ed Donatel came in with a ton of experience with that scheme, but obviously the scheme is still brand new to most of the position coaches. This leads me to a practical question. When a new head coach or coordinator comes in, when do the position coaches actually learn the scheme themselves? Hopefully before the players do. Now, realistically, no one's going to have mastered a new offensive scheme or defensive scheme in the first year. It's just not going to happen, and players will admit to that after the fact about how they're still mastering it in year two and how uh, it takes two or three years to truly master it. But when you hire a new head coach, a new coordinator, a, a new head coach, that happens in January. Your head, you, All of your assistant coaches are in the building every single day until the players are there. And then, of course, they're still in the building when the players get there, but the players don't get there until April. So that's when they're learning the system. But they still are learning on the fly a bit. It shouldn't be that hard for a position coach who's been around for forever to understand what the role of just his players is going to be, you know, on any given down. It it should be pretty easy for them. They just have to teach it to them and get into their head. These guys are specialists in understanding these things, whereas the players are, are specialists in playing the game. There are very few who are specialists in understanding that type of stuff. Exactly. Joe Harine chimes in and says, Just a relevant story to jerseys. My grandma is moving out of her house and into a condo, and we stumbled upon five of my jerseys, Bailey, Lynch, Cutler, DJ Williams, and Trevor Price. Also wore those every day of the week growing up. And my first was TD, and I have it framed, and the only thing on my wall, it, on the wall in my house. No question, but loved the content and had to share my story. Joe, we're happy you did. I feel like you need to up the uh, artwork game if that's <laughs> the only thing on your walls. It sounds like he's going to have five more pieces of art. It's very true. 
from Vertical Socks. Any idea which QB threw the pick six to Josie Jewell? No, but uh, uh, no. What? Are there two options? Technically, there's three. If we're putting, if we, if we're combining what we said yesterday, Josie Jewell's a starter. So he could have either been going up against the ones, so it could have been Flacco, or he could have been going up against the twos. And what quarterback has been going up against the number one defense when it's been the twos? Not Kevin Hogan. <laughs> there we go. Um, I, it, Kevin Hogan could have been sprinkled in for this. Or too. Josie Jewell could have been playing with the twos. Right. So that's why I'm not going to assume. <laughs> for Mr. T, first things first, first jersey, blue TD when I was in probably fourth grade. Also, I was just in New York City for Memorial Day weekend, and I have to say the tap water, though not bad, is also not the best. <laughs> not even as good as the tap water in Northern Virginia, which I wouldn't even consider entering into a contest. Thank you. <laughs> now, questions. You mentioned these veteran defenders who are in contract years. If you had to prioritize, prioritize two to re-sign, he said resign, but re-sign, who would they be? You get two. All the same price? No. Oh, okay. Uh, but who would you re-sign if you were the GM? You only get to choose two. Shelby Harris. And? That, that's my first one. Yep. I got to see what type of year Justin Simmons has. I'm going Shelby and Chris. Harris. Harris twins. It's, it's a lot of cash. I know, but I don't like creating holes. I'd go Chris as well. In this scenario from what we know. Yep. I like it. Harris brothers. All right, from Tokyo Bronco, had to chime in on the ramen slash Vietnamese dish talk, P-H-O talk, <laughs> and he's a good one to, uh, to chime in. First off, you nailed the basic parameters, Ryan. Hey, look at me. He says, I like to explain it like this, though. P-H-O is a dish that should have had the same taste <laughs> everywhere you try it. The broth is very light, made for those hot, humid days in Vietnam. The noodles are cheap and filling, but the focus of the dish is the meat included in the dish. Okay. It makes sense. That's the problem with it for me. I like like pow flavors. <laughs> <laughs> and to me, like I get it. I get, I get that it's like a, it's cheap one. Um, and it makes sense. You're like, you're getting water essentially to hydrate on the, on those days, on those hot days in Vietnam. By the way, my, my parents went to a wedding in Vietnam they said it was the hottest, humidest place <laughs> they've ever been. I can bet. Um, so anyways, I think that's, a, that's why I like one a lot better than the other. Mm. And what's the other one? Ramen. He says, ramen, on the other hand, reminds me of barbecue culture in America. Every region in Japan has their own style of ramen, uh, changing everything from the type of broth, the thickness of the noodle, and the toppings involved. Oh, yeah. There are people in Tokyo, myself included, who read magazines about the newest and best shops around town. Side note, recently two ramen shops in Tokyo have been given a Michelin star. Ooh. I wonder, like, how much better it can be than Uncle. Because Uncle is already, like, the most delicious thing that's ever entered my mouth. And I got one opening less than a block a, sh a block away. Going to have to have you over. I have a feeling, like, the, the ramen in Tokyo is amazing. But it's kind of like if the first time you hear a band is live... The sound might actually not be better, but then when you go back and listen to the recorded version, you don't think it's as good, even though it's more clean. Now, connect, relate it. You, you got to explain how that relates. So, Uncle yeah. is the live version. Okay. 
it's 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 not actually as good as the recorded version in okay. Tokyo. Okay. But since it's what I had first, it's what I associate. So then it won't when I, if I had it in Tokyo, I wouldn't think it was quite as good, even though gotcha. I would understand it was <laughs> yep. more tactically prepared. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Come on, you got to keep up with the metaphors. Yeah, I'm. I'm typically pretty. It has to be a relationship one, and I can follow. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, Any relationship connection there? <laughs> no, I'm not gonna go there. He says, "How do we get this GoFundMe started for the Zach and Ryan World Tour? Would love to take you guys on a ramen adventure in Tokyo. I well, could be down. You go to GoFundMe.com." <laughs> you say start a campaign you type in what you're thinking of and then you blast it out to social channels there we go we'll help you out blast we'll help, we'll help oh, blast yeah. it out oh yeah we'll definitely help <laughs> uh get it started but we can't start it it just can't say created by zach and ryan zach or ryan zach or ryan yeah <laughs> uh because if we start it it's like a hand we're looking for a handout yeah we want to come see you guys but we can't make you get us there we can't be desperate yeah exactly Next one coming in from D Ford says, Hey guys, growing up in Kansas city. Wow. Former Kansas city chief (laughs) D Ford commenting on the podcast. Chiming in right here. He says, growing up in Kansas city, I always felt the pressure to be a chiefs fan, but my first football memory and what made me a Broncos fan was watching super bowl 32 when I was a kid and it just stuck with me real quick. Super bowl 32 is my second, um, football memory. For some reason, my first memory is I was in the very, very nosebleeds of Mile High Stadium, and I've since heard people talk about this, but at at the time, I thought it was just me. It was like the steepest grade of a stadium ever, and I was sitting on my mom's lap because I was like a, a tiny little kid, and every time she would cheer, she would kind of like bounce up, <laughs> and I kid you not, I was absolutely terrified that I was just going to like fall off her lap and just go tumbling down the stadium. <laughs> and I just remember like grabbing onto my mom's like leg with all of my might during the entire game. <laughs> I'm happy you didn't tumble down. Yeah, that would have been a sad way for me to go. One of my first me- it's easy to point to the Super Bowls and that's where I'll go. We were at uh, at a Super Bowl party and I mean as a kid it's always bigger than you think. I swear like thousands of people were at the at this house for the party. TVs every which corner uh, and of course the celebrations after i remember driving home and uh, you just couldn't drive at points because intersections were just stopped with cars in the middle people honking people hanging out of their window it was like nothing else and that's what happens when you, you get your first championship this is a weird memory i have from super bowl uh 32 we were at a watch party for it just you know a bunch of family friends and whatnot and I remember there was a pool table down there. And during halftime, I, I was four years old. I asked if I could play pool. Like, there's always, like, grown men playing. And they're like, yeah, sure. You know, they were just going to entertain me or whatever. And on the second turn, the guy I was playing hit the eight ball in. And I won. And I was, like, so happy. <laughs> it's crazy that I remember that. But I remember it vividly. And did you walk out a champion? You, you haven't played since? Dropped the pool stick. <laughs> And walked off and said, I just beat a guy who was 40 years older than me. (laughs) Never have to do this again. He goes on. And says, and it stuck with me that the fact my dad grew up in Denver area and every year we would go out there for at least a week. Plus, being a lifelong Jayhawk fan, I always associated Chiefs fans with Mizzou fans. And I never cared for Mizzou fans. 
How do you feel about the fact that the last time CU and KU played in basketball, the Buffs won? They went out on top against KU. Wow. Can never schedule another one. Never should. <laughs> when was that? Probably five or so years ago. They won on a buzzer beater. Eurostep three-pointer buzzer beater. Wow. <laughs> You'll never forget. I'll never forget it. I actually still have a video of it because I was, I was actually in the media at the time or student media at the time. And I recorded a video. And in the video, it's so sick. Right, And you can probably find this on YouTube somewhere. Right as he releases the ball, I can just like I just know it's going in. So you just hear me from behind the camera go, "Oh my god!" And then it goes in, and just the whole place just explodes. <laughs> that is awesome. There's a uh, pretty big Jayhawk fan in the media here. Do you remind him of that often? I do. Yep. We uh, we went out on top. What can I say? <laughs> he continues and says, D Ford, of course, continues and says, my first Broncos jersey was a blue John Lynch number 47 that I still have. I've been thinking of getting a new one as a gift to myself for my 27th birthday coming up. I always shy away from the really popular jerseys, which is why my last one was an orange McManus. Sorry about Bold. Ryan's comments yesterday. Bold. He says, thinking of Josie Jewel, but I don't know if that's wise. I may even do a DT88 because I did get to see his last game as a Bronco here in Kansas City. All, anyways, keep up the good work, boys. Dave in KC. I guess it wasn't D Ford in, <laughs> in the end. Unless it's just a good disguise. True. I don't know how good of a disguise, a disguise that would be. <laughs> uh, hey, you can get the DT88 for like 40 bucks. Exactly. What do you think of a Josie Jewel? Mm-mm. Brian, he he and Todd are perfect fits in this system. Well, he's not quite as confident as Todd <laughs> is about that. Uh, yeah, I would just sit back and and wait on that one. Yeah, I mean, if you want to go really unique, go for it. But I, I would wait. You might as well go Joe Deneen at that point. <laughs> All right, from Aquaman, my first jersey was an Elway jersey. I now have twelve. Wow, twelve Elway jerseys. I'm just kidding. He says, just bought a Lindsay jersey last month. I also have an autographed Elway and Manning jersey. I sent photos on Twitter. I wear a jersey every game day, unlike Peyton in his Papa John's ad. I do not tuck my jersey in despite being 49 and having a dad bod. (laughs) How are the wide receiver core looking? I feel this group has way more questions than answers right now. Yeah, and I mean, that's one of the reasons why I said questionable when giving a one-word answer about the offense. Ryan, this... I feel confident saying this wide receiving group can be one of the best in the league this year. Emmanuel looks fantastic. Cortland looks like he's taking that step forward. I love what I'm seeing from Deshaun Hamilton. I've seen some other media members say the opposite. I haven't seen one thing that would make me question Deshaun Hamilton taking that next step up. But what if the regular season comes around? Emmanuel's not 100%, and Cortland looks like the number one Cortland that he was the final four games of last year. That, that's why there's still questions, but my eyes, everything's telling me everything is going to plan with the top three guys. My eyes are telling me Deshaun Hamilton has come a long way. I think Thank Deshaun you. Hamilton is in for a big year. Thank you. Uh, why? Because j- just, just that's, that's what I'm seeing too. Okay, yeah. But in the past few days, I've heard other media members saying – it's not the case. I don't know what they're seeing. He's he's on the right track. Sutton, he's just not ready to be a number one right now. But he doesn't have to be because Emmanuel Sanders is coming back. All right, this one's going to be fun. Are you ready? This is, a, <laughs> this is a really good way to finish out Friday. From LH Almeida, two things. One, Zach is irreplaceable. I just like the chemistry with Ryan and Henry. But RKZS forever. Thank you, LH. You're safe. 
I can talk to you again. Second, you were talking about the British Football League. Only the state of Sao Paulo has enough teams to have a main division and a division that gives access to it. The league's name is the SPFL, the Sao Paulo Football League. Not to be confused with Sao Palantonio, <laughs> the ESPN guy. <laughs> Below are all their names. I'd like to see your favorite. So I thought I was all about the something senators, but it's been determined that we have adopted the Ipswich uh, Cardinal. Yep. <laughs> Cardinals? Yep. Because they're your team. The Which Cardinals. did you see their logo? Is a Cardinal um, like a name of someone in the church? Yes. Their logo That's is what that. It is. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a red bird. That kind of makes me come back a little bit because I like birds. Uh, it would have been perfect. But we'll roll with them. We'll roll with the Cardinals. Sure. Yeah, we we got uh, we got some divine intervention on our side. All right, you want to you want to go uh, trade off here? Yeah, you go first. All right, the Rio Preto Whalers. The uh, I should have gone first. <laughs> the Jundiai oh. ocelots. ocelots. You know what an ocelot is? No. It's something in between a cheetah and a leopard. Wow. Like a, a little bit smaller. A medium-sized wild cat that has a twainy yellow coat marked with black spots and blotches. You know where it's from? Brazil. Southern Texas through South America. All right, all right. Yep. I was just, yep. there, are, there is no way there are ocelots <laughs> in Texas. Maybe there are. We'll find out on our world tour. There, there might be some, but there are not ocelot. Oh, there we go. <laughs> All right, the Leme Lizards. The Sao Paulo Storm. Oh, God. <laughs> the Piracicaba Cane Cutters. A cane that, are we cutter. talking about sugar cane? Oh, I like that. Yeah, that, that one's one pretty is, cool. That one is cool. I'll just I bet you the, they have a sick logo of like someone with a machete. I li- I'll just call them the Cane, cane Cutters. Okay. The ABC Corsiarios. You added a... Corsiarios. You added a... a Corsarios. There you go. <laughs> the Corinthian steamrollers. The Independente, Independent de Lemeria. Lemeria. Lemera. Lemera. Spartans football. <laughs> Santos tsunami. You should have gone with the uh, the line from Waterboy. Why does he get all the easy ones? <laughs> it would have been my own fault. Uh, the Sao Paulo monsters. Uh, Sao Paulo's got a few in here. Uh, the Ponte Preta gorillas. Ooh, like that one. The Barros de Ribeirão Preto. The Guarani Indians. The Franca Carrascos. Thunder de Presidente Prudente. I think uh, in the Dominican Republic, they're like Coors is Prudente. Okay. Hunters. <laughs> wow. A San Jose Jets. Okay. The Barreri Guardians. The San Ber- Bernardo. The Where San Bernardo. San? It, oh, the, the, <laughs> the Sa- I, was, I was worried about the next word. The Sao Bernardo Avengers. Still got it wrong. Sao <laughs> what? Bernardo. What did I say? Bernardo? <laughs> He's like the San Bernardino. <laughs> the Tatupe Black Panthers. And the Vikings. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, uh, the Vikings. All right. I know where I'm going. Where are you going? Who you got? I am going uh, the cane cutters. I'm going with the ocelots. Because mm, I couldn't pronounce it or what? No, I just think like that's do- I love that they chose an obscure animal. I'd say cane cutters. They could have gone the leopards. They could have gone the cheetahs. 
I feel like if you look at the last few names, there's been an expansion in this league where you add the Black Panthers. Of course, that's been in the news the past few years with the movie. Uh, the Avengers, that's been in the news the past few years. You just confuse Avengers and Adventurers. It sounded like you said Avengers. Did I mix the two words? Avengers. Yeah, no. It's just I've probably just said that my whole life. Avengers. Avengers. No, Avengers. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, you've got the Guardians of the Galaxy, yep. the Avengers, and the Black Panthers. We're just going with Marvel themes <laughs> Exactly. I think someone's going to be like, that's not Marvel, but whatever. I wonder, are the Hunters and the Vikings, are those just like, they, they don't have a home? Yeah, they just they they only play away games. Like the Oakland Raiders. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the Ocelots. I think that's sweet. Like someone needs to be the Tasmanian Devils or something like that. Ryan, it's kind of fitting that the other podcast that I do is also is about obscure animals. What about the sneezing monkeys? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Get off of your computer. <laughs> oh, you'll like this one. This is a personal favorite of mine too. <laughs> the terror bird. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. The Sao Paulo Terror Bird. <laughs> Ooh, that's pretty good. I know. A little more daunting than the Cardinals. How about the Dementor Wasp? Oh, is that the one from Hunger Games? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the most terrifying thing ever. There is some uh, type of wasp out there. It's probably in Australia. That's where all these things are. That. They say, like, getting stung by it is like getting stabbed with a knife. Oh, my God. Like, it has, like, it's, the, it's like, stinger is, like, this long and, like, that thick. I wanted to go to Australia. Not anymore. The world tour stop in <laughs> Australia has been canceled. <laughs> I, can't, I can't have that to me. Ryan, what do you think a sparkle muffin is? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, probably so- uh, it sounds like something you'd bring to, like, a cosplay event. <laughs> I don't think you want this anywhere near a cosplay event. <laughs> what is it? A peacock spider. Okay, I need more information. That's all I can tell you. I think I just popped a rib out of place. I was laughing <laughs> so hard. Out of your safety. <laughs> I wish I was kidding. <laughs> uh, oof. And Ryan, the final one here. A pig-nosed rat with vampire teeth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i think we're going out on top here <laughs> i think we're officially going out on top i can't handle any more of this no more obscure animals perfect all right that's gonna wrap it up for us this week on the bsn broncos podcast <laughs> my rib really hurts <laughs> good luck uh we'll catch up with you next week as long as i'm not in surgery
guys, it's Allie and Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Winester is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Winester is the fact that I don't really know much about wine, and when I go to a liquor store, I tend to gravitate towards the same wine I've always had instead of trying something new. But with Winester, they make the process so easy. That's exactly right, Allie. And from my perspective, you guys, I love wine and have tried so many different types of wine at different price points. And Winester is not only easy, but it is quite literally some of the best wine I've ever tasted, and it makes for an amazing gift. What's also ideal about Winester is that you can pick your shipments based on your schedule. That's right, Allie. So whether you're a casual drinker or you love hosting parties, you can get your shipment based on your lifestyle. So head to their website today, you guys. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R, Winester.com. We've got BSN25 promo code for you, and you can save $25 off your first order.